I'm Eric Park with the Tongue of Eden, and you are listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Anyway, let's talk about the Tongue of Eden. I was just jamming on Reprehensible before we started here. That's a that one is so amazing. And it gets so heavy. I I love that it works uh, from the whole atmospheric sort of thing. And then it gets crazy as shit halfway through. Hell yeah. I'm glad. (laughs) I'm glad. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that one uh, we were. That's the first one that we ever wrote. So we wanted it to be the first single. And um, we weren't sure, especially with the video, because that the beginning piece of that is very long. You know, it's almost a minute, mm-hmm. I think, or it is a minute. Right. And so we weren't sure how that was going to uh, be received, if people would even make it that far. Um, but it seems that the response that we've gotten from it, the feedback that, you know, it, it did what it was supposed to do and was captivating enough to get people to see what was actually going on. Um, but yeah, pretty proud of that one, man. So Stormburner was the next one. Yeah. Stoneburner. Yep. Stoneburner. Right. That was the next one. And so what's been in response to that? Cause that's the one I actually use a portion of in the video. And that's a great one as well. The Thank response you, been good. The response has been good for both. Yeah. Um, the, the record, the songs that we have for the record, um, they're all, pretty different stylistically um i mean you know within the same um the tongue of eden genre that, or whatever aesthetic, right yeah but uh but they we do try to touch and it, it just kind of happened that way uh, we wanted to try um you know attempting different styles within and uh that one you know was so varied we felt from the other one that it acted as a good single to kind of showcase Hey, this is the other stuff we're doing with it. And then, you know, so on and so forth with the next singles that we plan to release. The whole EDM metal mashup or frost pollination or whatever you call it, I think is such a great idea. And I think it works so well. I remember some other bands. You remember like Crossfaith? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'd seen Crossfaith years ago doing something sim not not exactly this, but something very similar you know, like on warp tour or whatever. And it really works, especially live because it brings an extra energy, I think, to it. Right? I, I have to agree. Yeah. I've uh and that's that's one of the main things that we wanted to try to achieve was, you know, because bands it's it's nothing groundbreaking, but for us to for us to do this style, but we wanted to, you know, I hadn't heard a lot of people attempt to do it with Blast not many at all and, right and with with vocals or what whatever the case may be there's a lot of like you said cross-pollination but not exactly the way that we were trying to do it so um but yeah i i really enjoy it and um one of the the most fun uh for me was recently i went to uh see perturbator um in dallas and 
remember just seeing uh, a lot of my metal homies that I know from, you know, the death metal scene or the black metal right. scene. They're just finding out about this stuff. And, um, you know, just didn't expect to see that many metalheads there, but it made sense. I, you know, I I'm think there, it does. That same reason. It's just the, the aesthetic, the music's great. When you really break down um, a lot of the melodies and stuff that are going on, it's very metal. It's very reminiscent of the stuff that's going on in metal, just with a different voice. And I so. think maybe because it's outside of the box, right? Just like metal is, it's it doesn't follow that sort of pop sensibility. So it maybe is extreme in its own, and then kind of melds well together. Does that make any sense? Absolutely. Yeah, and I and I think it's a little more palatable, you know, than. Um, you know, the extreme metal. So you're getting a cross-pollination of bands, which is really exciting to see because you've got people from that world coming to understand some of the metal stuff and vice versa. So I I really enjoyed that aspect. It, yeah, and live it must be amazing, right? I mean, whether you're moshing or circle pitting or jumping up and down, as they do in the EDM world, it's pretty much all there, right? You could do it all. Yeah, it's it's all there too. It's it's really cool. I I think it's uh I don't want to say the, the future of it, but I really like that. And that's what I love about metal so much is, you know, you can go down any genre and they're pulling from others. And it's just, it's really kind of a wild west of what can be done with it. You know, it's funny. You just said wild west. Cause one of my uh, favorite new albums is uh, you hear American Gothic from Wayfair. I, you know, I found out about them from watching y'all's podcast. Um, yeah. And, yeah, they're my new obsession, honestly. <laughs> my goodness, that album came out, I think, last week. But holy cow, is that a great record? And it I does exactly it's... what you said. It's it's the Wild West, but it also brings in that whole Americana sort of thing into metal. And it works. What was the record uh, just before this one? That's the one that I've been uh, falling off on. Uh, what is it? Uh if you get a chance, listen to American Gothic. I listened to that single, um, or the first one they put out with the video, uh, yeah, to Enter My House great. Justified. God, yeah, that's a great song. But yeah, yeah I I'm, love that stuff. And that, that's why are, I think I like what you guys are doing. You guys are all like, you know, pushing the boundaries of what could be considered metal. Thanks, man. That's that's our uh, that's our. And hope it works, it, right? Right. I mean, like you said, nobody's reinventing the wheel because like the Norwegians and the Finnish people have been adding, you know, folk metal or folk stuff to their stuff forever. So it's always been sort of pushing it, but I don't think many people are going in the direction you're going and it's fresh and energetic, I think. Thanks, man. Yeah. That's, that's our hope is, you know, just keep to keep finding those moments to introduce stuff that we've, and it's fun for us because we've never done this stuff before. You know, this started as a, um, main idea here was uh to try to be just a production project that we could do in-house and just mm -hmm. see where we could take it and then you know once we've established what the conceptual ideas and musically what we want to do then we're going to take it live and then you know get the stage show and everything and figure out how to route all that because there's just two of us so right. um we may bring session players in eventually if we need but for the time being, we're just going to try to keep it uh, just us two. Um, so trying to figure out how to achieve that live is going to be the next hurdle once we get the album out. But um, 
that was the main motivation of doing this thing was, you know, what can we accomplish production wise um, in this realm and just see where it goes. And uh, it's been a fun, fun little journey to tackle for sure. What um is this going to be a theatrical sort of thing live? Is that the game oh, plan? We we hope to, you know, again, uh, with it being only two of us, you know, we do have our outfits and everything that we'll be wearing. We're trying to incorporate some uh, some lights since we, we will kind of both be static at our own respective right. station. So we probably won't be able to move around a lot, but we're hoping that visually we can come up with something that um, still keeps that intensity that you want to see from a full band at a metal show, you know? Right. So, so how, uh, how far along are you on the record? Uh, we have seven of the 11 tracks. We've, we've got all 11 kind of the bones built. We've got seven that are pretty much ready to go. So we're hoping to get all that uh, finished by the turn of the year for a tentative spring release. Oh, nice. So um, we've got two more singles that will be coming out. Uh, by the end of the year and then probably one more after that before the record is out or as the record comes out we'll release it just before um but yeah so hopefully very soon so i was reading you guys do all the editing mixing mastering the whole thing yourselves that's a lot of work right it is yeah and that's why um that's been a learning process too you know just trying to create the flow of what works best for us um but yeah right now we've just been we kind of we build it toss it back and forth we have you know meetings every week where we talk about this stuff and make our plans and then generally before we push a track out we get up together we mix it and then uh and then master it and then you know do some some test listens and some alterations and then package it for release but so you guys where does it start? Does it start from like uh, some distorted down tune guitar or does it start from like a, an EDM beat or is that not even a relevant It depends. They, they've they all kind of started differently. Um, Reprehensible Ian uh, basically put together himself and then I helped with the arrangement and then uh, basically adding a few little flourishes here and there and then vocals. But um Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Stoneburner was kind of a passing back and forth. Uh, started with like kind of a, okay, we want to try outrun style. Let's try to make something that's outrun style. And then we did. And then uh, others have started with, you know, bits and pieces that maybe we wrote on our own before this project even started. Um, some have started with just drum beats. Uh, we have a hard style um, 
type song that will be our next musical single. So um, that one started with me just a hard style drum beat. And then I passed it off to Ian and he came back with the voices and the melodies and stuff. So it was, it, they've all been a little different, but um, we have not written anything in the room together, which is uh, another too. thing that, that I've never been a part of before. You know, all my other hey. projects that I've done previous, we've written everything in the room. So this so has I been think, really cool to do that. Yeah. But I think your kind of music and you can correct me if I'm wrong is lends itself to that, right? Because it's workstation based. A lot of it. Yeah. As opposed to getting in a room and, you know, banging riffs and stuff off each other. Yeah. And, uh, and don't get me wrong. I would definitely like to, you know, down the road once we've kind of, established what we're doing um and you know ha have our workflows kind of figured out i would love to try to write some stuff in the room uh, right. with this project but it's it's really cool to not have to um just be limited to that you know oh so, yeah yeah technology is is amazing and goes both ways i guess because i think it does take a little bit away from the full band kind of vibe where you're bouncing stuff off each other but again, like sure. I said, with your stuff, it doesn't because it's very electronic as well. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, just to have, like you said, that ability to just, hey, I got an idea. I'm going to ship it over real quick. And then we can get on a call face to face and be wherever, you know, and hey. talk about ideas. That's just, that's insane to think about it, really. <laughs> but Are you guys even doing your videos? Um, we're going to do some. Um, probably for the next single, that hard style one, uh, we'll be putting that video together ourselves. Um, and then the friends that put together the reprehensible video, um, that one, we're trying to do a live, um, or at least a, there won't be any of us performing in that video. It'll be all actors and just, you know, storyline based. So we're trying to get that one set up. Um, what and then I did the, burner? that was you. I did the lyric video for that one. Yeah. That's great. I love that was it. My, thanks, man. That was my first lyric video I've ever done. So <laughs> it worked. Wow. So you guys just kind of DIY learning on the fly or did you have all these skills ahead of time? Um, we've both kind of been in production at different stages um, before, but uh, certainly personally, uh, I started taking it more seriously during COVID. Uh, I hey. used that, use that time to kind of step up my game a little bit and acquire the tools and stuff because they're so much more affordable now than they ever have been. Hey. So, uh, so yeah, it's been a lot of learning on the fly for sure. This is going to sound really weird, but I think COVID kind of led to a sort of artistic renaissance because everybody was like sort of locked away doing their practicing their thing or learning programs or working on and fine tuning, whatever it is, not just music, but art, right. They're working on their paintings or working on their knitting. And then once the world is open again, we all get to experience the stuff that took them. They weren't rushed, right. They had two years to sit and actually polish. Does that makes sense. Yeah, man. I, I, absolutely. I mean, I would say that COVID or at least that time um, benefited me quite heavily and just kind of reestablishing my purpose within all this stuff. Cause uh, even, you know, live shows kind of rethinking how to approach that, what's more important either. Um, and that was, 
you know, kind of our thinking with this is we didn't want to take this thing live until we had already established all the material for a a set with the music out so people can come and find it. Whereas in reverse and bands previous, it's always kind of been a play as you go type thing. Like, you know, you start out live, you start getting a little bit of traction, but nobody has anything or may right. not, may not have anything to come back to, especially with a live project. So we wanted to build or a new project. So we wanted to build all this stuff up first so that when we take our live show out, people can come back and go, Oh shit, I still have all this stuff to discover. Right. Um, and so, uh, you know, a, a live attendance is weird now. Um, yes. Especially after, at least it was for a little while. Um, and, you know, people are just getting screwed insanely playing out live, you know, with whatever merch cuts and stuff and other various yep. things that are happening. So um, we really wanted to get this as buttoned up as possible so that we were playing out smartly, um, trying to monetize as best we can. Um, call that whatever you want. But, man, when you're putting this much time and energy into something and performing and entertaining people, uh, you should be getting paid for it, I feel like. I so. 100% agree. And so many people don't, you know, they get taken advantage of in so many ways. So we, we didn't want to um, get out and have to pay the completely shit eating dues. Um, we wanted to thwart that as much as possible. So it's been a lot of prep work, a lot of prep work. But it's funny because everybody yeah. made fun of Lars Ulrich back in in the early 90s when he was railing against all these companies about streaming and downloading. Yep. Everybody was like crucifying him and he was, he saw the writing on the wall, right? Cause here we are. Yep. All the Napster shit back in the day. Yep. Yeah. It's That's insane. Now Spotify coming out with, uh, you know, you have to make X amount of plays to even monetize all, which I haven't looked into that too, too hard, but I've just seen the the outrage about it. And uh, got to be somebody terrible, who can come along but... and develop some sort of platform that's more beneficial to the artist and not just such a corporate. We hope that, I mean, there's gotta be a revolution in the arts at some point. I mean, it's just, it's, it's nutty, but I, I certainly do not have the answer. Just trying to do the best to. Right. Make a living and keep it. going. Right. Yeah. No, no, I get it. So what's next for you guys? I know you said you want to eventually take it out of the road. Once you get some stuff, are you looking at any, any shows at all, like in the new year, or is that too early to tell? No, that's that's going to be too early. Um, I don't expect um, that we'll be doing anything until probably even after the record's out. Um, don't really know what that looks like yet because we've, we've been prepping, again, what routing and everything's going to look like for our stage show. Um, trying to figure out what makes the most sense, acquiring necessary gear, all that stuff. Um uh, and, and we have, you know, we we have taken this to the room and made it work and all that. But uh, the way we're doing it now is certainly probably not going to hold up or at least in a timely manner. If we're having to deal with quick changeovers and, you know, night after night type stuff. But um, licensing, so, uh, this stuff is so great for like video games and movies. And glad you said it's that got too, all of that. Yeah, we, we will also be releasing, you know, just the instrumental only versions in it in hopes that maybe it'll get picked up for 
some stuff. Oh yeah, I mean that's I'm listening to it, and that's the first thing I'm thinking. This is a great you know adventure scene on the on the big screen, whatever James Bond or something, right? Yeah, and we're trying to do that. You know, that's uh, you know we're writing this stuff with the intention of it being a little simplistic, just because you know both of us are going to be doing vocals. Ian's going to be doing multiple instruments. Um, You know, so we're not trying to overload our stuff too much, but um, still show off some technicality. Try to keep it palatable. Try to do all of it, but keep it interesting. So do you ever find yourself going, oh, shit, we've written something I can't we can't do live? Absolutely. I I have just uh, come to that uh, here lately. So when we build this stuff, um, I program the drums, uh, either what I'm playing live or the electronic drums or Ian will program the electronic drums because I don't know. Um, if you didn't notice, there is a live drum kit in our tracks, and then there's also auxiliary percussion or kind of a blend of the two. So uh, for Stoneburner, there is a 30-second note foot part with a quarter note hi-hat right at the end just with a run. And I, I went and tested it. So I, I test and I play on my my kit before we put this stuff out. And, uh, and so I went and tested it at a slower tempo it's like yeah yeah i got this and then as soon as we release it i'm trying to practice it for a uh rehearsal video and i hadn't done vocals while playing it so that one's going to take me some some time to work up but we'll get there but yeah so got to be conscious of all that stuff you know because especially you know i don't do vocals and play drums all the time this is something that i'm working up and uh yeah, so it's got to be conscious of that for sure. I have trouble walking and chewing gum at the same time, so playing drums and singing, I couldn't even possibly imagine. It's it's not so bad. Like you know, drums eventually just becomes muscle memory. You turn it on and go, and then you know, doing the vocals like with Reprehensible, that took me maybe you know, I'd say a month to get it to where I wasn't thinking about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but the drums weren't nearly as complicated as this one section in that song. And we've got some other ones that are even worse. So <laughs> it's, that that's another reason the live show might take a little bit is once we get it all done, then we got to work it up. And, but we're trying to, trying to get it all there. So. Sweet. That's going to bring me to the end of my questions. Did I miss anything you want to cover? No, man. No, I think we covered it all. I know we kind of wandered, but I kind of just like to see where it goes. Yeah, absolutely. If fans want to find you guys, can you give us your socials? Yeah, so we've got uh, tongueofeden.com and then um, at or slash Tongue of Eden on any of the other socials. So right, and that's cool. the, the tongueofeden.com. Sweet. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, you. Do you have any plans this year? <laughs> How's that going? Do you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends, Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony, also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at 2 020-D.com, soundtalentmedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app.